You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coachman, Michael David Huey. Welcome to another session of the Heath Fluids Podcast. This is Michael David Huey. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Florida. It's been a little warm. Um, it's funny. I was talking to one of my clients today out in Colorado right before I jumped on the podcast. Um, um, and we we were talking. She just went through COVID and uh, had some complications. And now I've helped her get through that. And uh, we were talking about the weather. It's like 60 some degrees in Colorado. I'm like, I'm coming to Colorado, right? Like it's been like, you know, 90 here in Florida and humid. Um, I play golf on Wednesdays with two of my 86-year-old clients. And um, one of them said the other day, Mike, it's getting hot. Maybe we should start playing at like 7.30 instead of 8, right? Like, you know, try to move it a little bit earlier, right? And so, and that's fine because I'm a morning person. But one of the things I, I, I like about what God is doing in my life right now, and I was just sharing that with my guest, Jennifer, before we started, um, I always like to pray with my guests and, 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 and I, then I want to watch what God does because I, I, I'm honest. I selfishly told Jennifer, like, I heard you speak. I wanted to have Jenny podcast, but I really just wanted to get to know you better as a person. And then when I was reading her bio and, and, and I always say, I don't always share all the bio because I want to hear from the person. I just realized a lot more about her that I didn't know. Like, you know, she's, she's young and encouraging and she's done a lot of good things in her life. Uh, you know, within the last two or three years has really dove into her relationship with God. And, and, and God has radically valued that, right? God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Like he wants us to, you know, ask, seek and knock. And, and I use this example that my grandmother gave me when I was a kid, when she talked about asking, seeking and knocking, she says, if the burning, if the, if the building is burning down, you don't knock like that you like knock, like you want to get out of the room, right? Like let me out. Right. And she said, that's what God desires for us. And so my guest today, uh, I like what she says in her bio. It says that she captivates people with her heartfelt humor and inspirational testimony. So that means she's funny, which I already like about that. I, I like her. She must be funny. Um, and she's, she's a global humanitarian. Like She's an author. She's a speaker. She's young. I'm like, how did you do all this stuff at your age? Right? Like she just dove in, right? Like, and she's co-authored a book with Les Brown, which is awesome. I, I listened to him the other day and, um, and I love Les cause I've heard him speak at thrive, which is an event that I go to, uh, my friend Cole Hatter puts on in Vegas every year. Um, and, um, I got to sit at a table and listen to Les talk. And the other day I watched him tell people how to tell their story. And he uses their name. Like if it was Jennifer, he would use J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R words that started with those, each of those letters while he was telling that person's story. So he would look up their bio and then, you know, if their name was Michael, he would use the M-I-C-H-A-E-L somewhere during that description. And I was like, how genius is that? Like, really? Like, not only is Les an amazing man of God, but he's has a lot of wisdom. And, and still in his 70s, he's getting after it. Like he's not done. He's like me. I don't believe in the word retirement, right? And, and I love it. Jennifer works as a ministry relations manager for Joni and friends in Arizona. She, it's a Christian ministry dedicated to glorifying God. Mm-hmm. We could just sum it up with that, right? Yeah. A ministry that is glorifying God. And, and I like it. She's, um, 
the she's the founder of generosity which is spelled with a j like her name foundation a nonprofit organization with, listen to this this is awesome with a mission to decrease the relapse rate of addiction and help people in recovery reach optimal wellness mm-hmm. my type of girl right there right we did a i did a room uh, a couple months back and then i just did another one we're going to start doing some more of them on a lot of the things that she likes to talk about mental health um, uh, you know, mindset, you know, trauma, overcoming trauma, you know, um, the opioid addiction in America is horrible, right? I have a friend of mine that is a born again Christian that fell off. His car went over an embankment and God rescued him. I don't know how he's, he, he, he was, is alive, but this is the second or third time, you know, they always say, you know, maybe you have nine lives, who knows, right? But he got addicted to opioids and I've been walking him through getting off of those and, and, and being healthy. You can just see a difference in people when they shift into being addicted to drugs. And I'll never understand why the doctors keep prescribing them just for pain. Makes absolutely no sense, but it's, we're in, we're in that season now. So I want to welcome, and I'm excited to get to know her better, my new friend, Jennifer Evans to the Heafluence podcast. Welcome, my friend. It's good to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and get to know you a little bit better too. Yeah. She, we, she, she said she was stalking some of my videos and stuff. She's like, who is this guy? Right. <laughs> and I was just telling her a story about a friend of mine that um, yesterday was calling me like goosebumps. When I think about it, he said, he said, what do you do? Like, like, what do you do? And I told him, he's like, okay, I want to hire you. Like, what do you do? And, and I had Brian Hess on my, my podcast just recently. And, and my friend, Joy Farley and I were just texting and talking about people that like Brian, that talk you down off the ledge, right? Like, you know, we need those type of people, right? Jennifer, we need those type of people around us that, you know, encourage us. Like, I, I don't know if you had ever heard Les do that, but it was, it was just amazing. Like watching him, you know, people came into a room and his son was in there and um, some other people. And he was just tell your story and he would take a person and he would tell their story. And it was just epic. Have you ever experienced him doing that? I haven't experienced him doing that, but he's just so powerful when he's in the room and he's on the stage, you know? Yeah, it, it was, it was really good. So tell me, I've shared a little bit about you, but tell me about Jennifer. Like, I know you're 36. I know you, I don't, I don't know where you live or any of that stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you came from, what you, what you're passionate about. Just tell me Jennifer's story. Awesome. Well, I'm from Arizona and that's where I am. So if you want to come over and go golfing here right now, <laughs> it's like 120, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually I just moved back to Arizona two months ago after being gone for nine years, but wow. so grew up here in, in Arizona, I grew up in a Catholic, well, a Catholic family. My mom was Catholic. My dad wasn't practicing. So we went to church on Sunday, but it wasn't being lived out at home, you know? So I never really understood the gospel. You know, I went through all the different, you know, confirmations and, and things, but I never really understood it. So, um, I started drinking and drugging actually when I was 13, uh, my parents had got divorced. I'd had some trauma in my childhood. And, you know, that was kind of my escape. I loved to, uh, you know, alter my conscience from that first day, you know? And so I did a lot of um, drinking and ecstasy in, in high school. I was, I was a binge drinker, let's say by 15 years old until almost till I was 30, every single weekend, binge wow. drink, blackout drunk. Yeah. Um, They're up into your thirties. You said, um, it was like right around 30 that, um, I got sober. So it was, 
So not know? not that long ago, six years um, ago or so. No, well, I'm 37, but thank you. Yeah, seven so. years ago. Okay, that, okay. That started my journey. So in between that time, I you know I started smoking weed in college. So I smoked weed every day for 15 years. Wow. Uh, pain pills, diet pills, you know, mushrooms, and you know what you name it. I I've done it. You know, and I was very good at it. I was a high functioning addict. You know, so I was serving on nonprofit boards. I was always working a good job and. Um, but you know, then there was that escape, you know, and it got pretty, um, you know, when I was in my mid twenties, I, I wanted to change and I was married at the time and I, I, I wanted to change. And I don't think he was kind of ready to, and I ended up having an affair on my, my husband at the time and, um, you know, just left that marriage. And then I, I had a dream that I wanted to travel and serve the world. You know, it always wanted to go to Africa. I remember when I was a child and serve. And so I still have my journal, um, you know, and I said, you know, I want to travel, I'm going to travel and serve around the world and help people in need and go on a journey of discovery. And um, that happened for me. Um, I ended up meeting um, a philanthropic couple at a charity event in Phoenix. And I saw the work they were doing. And I was sitting on a bench at you know, after the charity event and they'd walk by and I, I said, I think this is my opportunity. And uh, a fear hit me. I was high, but <laughs> fear hit me. And I go, no, this is your opportunity. And I ran up behind them and I said, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Austin, I'm ready to go. I want to serve. And, you know, about a month later I was in Ethiopia. And so that was my first of 18 trips to Africa, but I got to travel, you know, six continents, 45 countries, um, you know, serving people in need, doing hearing health care. Um, it was amazing experience. You know, I helped build a global hearing health care program for community-based workers, you know, helping people how to identify people with hearing loss and how to fit them with hearing aids and how to follow up. And, you know, I was all the while just drinking and drugging, you know, smuggling. I smuggled weed to 45 countries and I'm still you had like a double. You had like a double life, right? You were double. I, I always my my grandmother always said, oh, well, you you'll you'll know when you're double minded, when you when you're doing all this stuff and you have a separate life. And I, I I'm laughing with you because I've done that. Like I've been in the church, had one yeah. foot in the church and one foot in the world getting high, smoking weed, letting a person grow weed in my house. So I know all about that. So I wasn't in the church. So was oh, okay. <laughs> all right. You were just, you were just serving a Christ. Well, really, you didn't even have to be in the church. You were the church because you were traveling and serving and helping people. So you were really the church. You just yeah. didn't know the person who ran the church. Didn't Exactly. So, I mean, I, I believed in God and I thought I was connecting with God when I was smoking weed and things. So <laughs> just fast forward after about four years, I just burn out completely. I think it was 200 days on the road. You know, I was living in fight or flight mode. I, my identity was what I was doing. Like I'm this director of international programs and I'm, you know, I'm doing this and that and, you know, and um, look at me here, you know, so it was all about, that's how I was, um, you know, finding value. And so it all came crashing down and I couldn't even work anymore. I was so depressed, you know, I'd wake up and say, I'm not going to smoke weed until five o'clock. And I would lock my weed, <laughs> you know, in my room, like I'm not going to get to it. And I'd always break into it. So it was a horrible when I thought I could quit, but then I couldn't. So yeah. that was really when I started trying to moderate, I was able to quit for a month. And then I, you know, I was like proud of myself. So I'm like, all right, you can smoke weed on Sundays and <laughs> could never, you know, I went home to Arizona um, and uh, was because I lived in New York and visiting and 
went out and said I was having two drinks with my friends and I didn't. I went out and did cocaine and woke up with a horrible hangover and I promised to take my grandma to church. She's the only evangelical in our family. And I just wanted to lay in bed all day, but I didn't want to let grandma down. So I smoked weed, picked grandma up, walked into the church and I got a program that said addiction must fall. And so that's when I really knew that God was speaking to me. Um, So, you know, shortly after I had a life coach, she wasn't even a Christian, but she just said, you know, have you tried praying to God and asking for his help? And I'm like, no, I've tried just about everything else. So she kind of like instructed me, like, get on your knees, (laughs) ask God. I remember I still actually have the notes that I wrote and said, ask God to help you to change your story before something bad happens, you know, because I luckily hadn't killed anyone a drunk driving accident and, you know, nothing. God spared your life that whole time. He did. So I did that. And, uh, you know, I went into the 12 step program and I got sober there. Like within two weeks I had that, they say you have like a spiritual experience and sometimes it hit me fast. And I had a boyfriend at the time and he's like, what's happening to you? Are you turning into a born again Christian? And I go, I don't even know what that is, but I'm, you know, relieved from the cycle of addiction. So, you know, I was two months sober. I was, you know, the the pink cloud floated away. You know, I felt really good for a while. And then, you know, I'm feeling uh, depression, anxiety. I just don't, you know, it sucks, right? All those emotions that I was suppressing with drugs and alcohol. So I went to this women's leadership conference in Austin, Texas, and there was about 12 women and it ended up being all Christian women and me. So God had a plan. (laughs) And all these women were like, successful and happy. And I'm like, what's going on? They're not on drugs. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> and I found out they're high on the Holy Spirit. So I loved what you said, Matthew 7, 7, you know, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. Wow, how funny. I that's brought what that happened up, to me. Right? I know. I love how we prayed and the Holy Spirit did that. So um, that was really exactly what a couple of these ladies just really latched on to me and started mentoring me and said, I think at that point I was just open because I was like, okay, I've had all the things of the world. I've been the private jets, the celebrities, the the job that I wanted, anything, everything I wanted, but I'm still unhappy. So I think at that point I was like, all right, well, um, you know, what does it hurt? They said, why don't you just talk to Jesus? Like he's a person and ask him if he's real. Like he's not afraid of your questions. Just open your heart and be, you know, willing, you know, to, to see if he'll reveal himself to you. So that's what I went. I did. I went asking and seeking and knocking. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, show yourself to me. Come on in. (laughs) And so the first time he really spoke to me, which was undeniable, I was on a flight to Dublin and I was actually going to be meeting one of these women that were mentoring me. And in the airport, I saw a book called Bible Verses for Women. So I said, I'm going to buy this for my friend Tina, who I'm meeting there. And I might look at it, you know, I'm seeking, right? So um, I'm getting off the airplane in Dublin. And there was a couple sitting across the aisle from me. And this woman reaches up to grab her bag. And she looks at her husband and says, is this your bag? Or is this this little child's bag right here? And I said, excuse me, (laughs) I know I look young, but you know, she, you know, and she was like, she didn't say like, oh, you're so sweet and, you know, cute. No, she goes, no, you you look like a little child. And I was like, you know, offended of that. And I usually don't get offended, but I'm kind of, you know, thinking about it in the cab ride. That was so rude. (laughs) I get in my hotel room and I unpack my bag and I see the book Bible verses for women and I open it up and it says, 
Jesus asks you to come to him like a little child. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus is real. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I'm right in the right place at the right time, right? So that's the first time he revealed himself to me. And so it was undeniable. And I, you know, but six months it took for me to actually accept him um, because I was like, I don't understand it. What is Jesus Christ as your savior? Why do I need a savior? I don't get it. You know, and I really just, you know, took the time and finally, you know, I, you know, I, I at some point you have to have faith too. <laughs> so, 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 so while you're talking about that, let me ask you this. So were you 33 when you got saved? I was, um, yeah, about 34. Okay. Cause yeah. you know, that's, I think it was 33. Actually it was 33. Think about this. That was so Jesus. think about this. This is the length of Jesus's life was 33 years. No coincidence in that, that you got saved, that it took you that long. So I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I do remember that time going, Oh yeah, Jesus was 33. That's so cool. So yeah. So my life has radically changed since then. Um, but it, it hasn't been easy, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Talk about the, because so even for me, like I, I'll admit some of my struggles is, is, um, I have, and, and I'm better now, but I've had some problems, you know, interaction with non-believers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had to, I I've not handled situations with some non-believers really well because it's challenging. I think it's one of the toughest things because the devil knows that and he uses that to his advantage. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, but what's good is, is 90% of the people never learn from that, but the 10 percenters too, they learn like, how could you have handled that situation better? And it's all based for me based on forgiveness. Like I don't ask for forgiveness for that person. Mm -hmm. I ask for forgiveness for myself, whether that person forgives me or not is not on me, right? It's not, it's me being humble enough and teachable enough and moldable buff. So what changed? How did things change in your life from like all the stuff that you were doing to where you are now and, and what that kind of looked like? What did that, what you said it was hard. Like what was hard? What, what, what changed and how did you get to where you are now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My old self was, you know, all strategy. Even when I was smoking weed, I'm strategizing, I'm doing this. So it's really allowing God to lead, you know, and, and to be in his will. So I think there's a, you know, renewing of the mind, Romans 12 to, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may come to know the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. So that's a process, right? And so really my, I used to wake up with so much anxiety of, I got to do this, this, that, this, how am I going to do it all? I don't have enough time. Like that was my mind. And I think, um, I had to really, it's been a discipline of, um, waking up now. And, um, you know, now I love discipline, but I used to not like it. Right. But I realized how good it is for me is the first thing I wake up is I, you know, as soon as I think of the Lord, it's a gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for today. This is going to be a great day. I expect something amazing to happen to me and through me. And I get up and I walk my dog and I recite scripture as I walk, you know, or my mind or the devil wants to take over. And so I control what I put in my mind, what I'm listening to, you know, and then I get in the word of God in the morning and, um, you know, worship. And I think just really the word of God has changed my mind. It's, it's given me peace. It's given me God's outlook on life. So I think that is the biggest, most crucial thing is 
Um, you know, but it takes time, right? You know, all of it is nothing. There's no quick fix. You know, it's all, a, it's a process. But I think, um, like, I know you're about self-care and that's the biggest thing for me is like, I don't even turn my phone on. I haven't even turned it on yet. If and I've been up since five, you know, because I don't want to be seeing what the texts are, what the social media is like, I'm letting God gets my morning. And if God gets my morning, then everyone gets the best of me, you know? You just inspired me. Uh-huh. Good. So, yeah. So, so what are some things, um, I, I'm, I'm stalking you now. I'm stalking your Instagram and some oh, okay. stuff to write down so that we can talk about that. That's what I was doing. So, okay. I'm yeah. glad to know you're not like, you know, just scrolling through your, you know, comments or something. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm taking notes. As you can see, I have oh, a page yes. and, and, um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at things to talk about because kind of when the Lord leads me, I kind of like, I, I, I love something that you said. You said, my hope is hooked on heaven and God's promises for eternity with him in paradise. Mm -hmm. You have that. It maybe that, let's chat about that because mm -hmm. our identity changes, right? Yeah. We, you know, it's, um, there's a new series out called The Chosen. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet, but um, yeah, it's in the second season. Now, third season's already been paid for, which is great. That'll be starting very soon. And there's this spot in there when Nicodemus, the Jewish ruler is there talking and, and he's with Jesus and he's like, Hey, I don't become born again. And, you know, and the person that he'd been praying for all his life, he realized that he was six feet from him. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, he just had too much to let go. Right. Like he, he left money instead of coming and following. Right. And, and I think what's super important and maybe you can, excuse me, can share a little bit about this is about how our identity changes, like mm -hmm. our identity changes in who we become. Like you said, it's hard. It really is hard. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus never told us that it would be easy, right? Um, but what he said is, is I think the reason that God became a man was so that he could understand what we would go through, right? Mm -hmm. For the repentance, you know, for he was the lamb. He was the sacrifice. Like I say this all the time. You you were talking about self-care. Um, I, I, sin was brought into the world through food, through, a, you know, um, disobedience to food. Like God said, Hey, Adam and Eve, I've given you everything here on the ground. I've given you everything that you need, but just don't eat from this tree. I know it looks good. Mm -hmm. The apples are really ripe, but don't eat from this tree. And what did they do? <laughs> Eve takes it, eats it, and then gives it to Adam, right? Like, here you go, right? Um, something's wrong about that, but that's, a, that's for another thing. Cause I know my wife always, my wife would be like, don't eat that. Right. <laughs> <My wife. laughs> She'd be like, don't eat that. Right. And, and I would be like, oh, you know, like now I've learned that women are smarter than men and that's why they live longer. So I think that you'll, you, I just look and, you know, I see that you've really grasped the whole of this and you've dove in. Mm -hmm. There's an old song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Cause I'm diving in, right. I'm going deep. Right. Yeah. So talk about that transition for you. Yeah. Like you had to let go of things. Yeah. Your identity became different. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about that transition because I think it's important people see that. Yeah. Now, I mean, my identity is in Christ. I'm a child of God. And it takes time as like you hear concepts, but it takes time with God to spend with him in that secret place, which is my most precious place. Um, and so sometimes you even, you know, learn concepts. They become known to you by experience. And I think I love that, that um, there's so much we could say here, but that I, you said, I'm focused on that quote. I said on the, on the hope of heaven. And I do try to focus on that, 
you know, every day is like, you know, this is just a fleeting life. Like someday I'm going to be with you in eternity, Lord. And I have eternity and heaven, and it makes me not worry about the little things so much, you know, and that's what my soul is burdened for is, is, is saving other souls. Because at the end of the day, nothing else really matters, but people's eternity, you know? And so um, now I, I think, you know, I even used to go from like, okay, Lord, use me for your purposes, like, you know, through who I am, but now it's like hit me this week. I don't know really if I know how to t- Uh, articulate this, but it's not even like me anymore. It's like, I am yours, Lord. I am your hands and feet and mouthpiece. Like my life is not my own. Like you are actually working through me. It's not even about me at all, you know? And so like, it's funny because like I was in LA and I was doing acting and I had all these things that I probably could have still pursued. And I finally, it was last year when I just surrendered and said, you've made me a humanitarian. I serve. I, that's what I do for you. Like I'm just letting go of all these things that I thought I wanted to do. And I'm just going to do serve where you have me every single day, Lord. And, you know, I, I, my aspirations are like, I want to be a global power evangelist. Like I want to be speaking the gospel. And I do believe that you know, I, that God will probably place me there someday, but I am not going to run ahead of, you know, I want to, I don't want any more to try to, I'm not promoting myself. I'm not trying to open any doors. I'm just doing what God has me do every day. And if he wants that, he's going to open the door. There's no more striving for me anymore. Like I, it's funny. Like I don't like the podcast I'm on right now. Like I don't promote at all. If someone asks me, I'll do it. And I love it, you know, and that's, these are the things I like to do, but I'm just focused on serving. And if God wants something to happen, someone's going to call me. He's going to open the door. I'm not doing anything more for myself. Um, but when you just talk, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You keep going. This is awesome. I, I, the reason I liked about what you're saying is because we prayed before and we said we're going to let God lead us and guide us and direct us, right? And I think that, that you know, we sense the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit is here because he said he's here. We get to experience him and we know that he's here. And that's why whenever I go back and listen to these the next day, I'm like, wow, that was freaking awesome. Like we had nothing planned. God took over. And so, yeah, so no, continue going. I'm, I'm, I'm just taking notes because I'm, I'm writing down all the scriptures and I'm, 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 I'm watching how I'm, I love to, I'm, the reason I love doing this on zoom is because I get to see your facial expressions. I get to see the real Jennifer, right? Mm-hmm. Like I get to see your heart. Like, like you are a child. Like I look at some of your pictures and you look like a child, mm-hmm. right? Because you have a childlike faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I'm just going to tell you, you've changed my life today. Aww, thank you. you changed my life today. I'm going to leave different from our time together today. Mm-hmm. than when I woke up this morning, because I've, I've invested in time with God this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I have negated my, my reading. I've kind of just been listening to devotions, doing this stuff rather than really diving into the word and letting the word become flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. The Bible said it, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. Mm-hmm. We can do that through reading it too. Right. We can have the very manifestation. So no girl, keep going. This is awesome. Okay. Um, I think when you talk about identity, like it changed because right. People knew me as a certain way. Like I used to be the drug pusher, you know, like, <laughs> I used to be getting people high. I would be, you know, like, it's funny you said apple because I used to smoke weed out of an apple and everywhere I went, I had an apple and I would, my, you know, friends, like, it'd probably be annoying. Like, oh, I got to go smoke my apple. And then now I eat an apple a day. So I actually have this like apple on my desk. (laughs) It's like, you know, I love the apple, how it's turned, but yeah. So like my family and my friends all knew me as this party gen, you know, F-bombs, this and that. And God has changed me. And I think that 
some people probably still liked me the old way, you know, and it's like they've had to adjust. And I feel like most people, um, you know, you lose some friends, like people probably don't want to hang out with you as much. But the thing is, is you don't you've probably grown, too. But um, so I think that's difficult, um, you know, is but you just. I, I want to please God. My audience went from people pleasing to like, now I just want to please the Lord. I think I still struggle with a fear of man in a way with like on social media and stuff. Cause like I have so many friends that, you know, are more on the liberal side that, that knew me from before. And I just don't want to get like attacked or I don't want to have those conversations. So I kind of just avoid some of that. And I just more, I, I think I would have been better off if I would have done some of that. Yeah, I think I like I've been attacked by even believers, like just out of the clear blue, like, you know, and I didn't and I didn't handle it well. Mm -hmm. I think I just learned from you that sometimes you're better off to just to be silent when you when people persecute you. Jesus was persecuted, right? Like it like it's back to the forgiveness in your identity, right? You forgive that person and you move on. Maybe there's restoration. Maybe there's not. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's our identity that makes us think. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. and I struggle with it because I'm like, am I not being bold enough? Like, obviously, Jesus got persecuted. We will, you know, but it's like, also, I'll have a conversation with anyone face to face about it. But like, do I want to be arguing with someone spending my because I'm very emotional, like it will affect my whole day, probably you as well. If someone's like you're having this argument or, you know, someone attacks you like, you know, I don't want to waste my time on that. So I think that's where I've come to the conclusion is I'm just going to be more just inspirational, share things that are positive. And like, if I, but who knows, God may change my heart for that, you know, but right now it's like, I don't have the time to do that. I'm focused on him and serving. Um, so yeah, I think God's changed my identity and I just, I, he's just changed my heart. And I just, he's changed me into like wanting righteousness. Like when I first became a Christian, it was like, how, how am I going to not have sex till I'm married? And, you know, I used to do whatever I wanted. It was all have about sex and sex, love. drugs and alcohol yeah. whenever I wanted. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, that was hard to let go, but it's like, he says, come and follow me. And so it happens over time, you know, and now it's like, I want to be pure and holy and righteous because that's who God is, you know? And so like, I am just so protective of my heart now and, and who I even let in, you know, it's like, no, I am the Lord's, you know? And so it's just, I kind of like isolate myself a little bit. Like I go out and I have lunches and, and dinners with, you know, friends or people that I want to inspire or, you know, disciple or just fellowship. But then it's like God and me and service, you know, and I need to make sure that I take care of my mental health, you know, because I've had a lot of anxiety and depression and things and, and self-care is, and, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm living in the world, but not of the world. And I'm very careful about what I listen to. I don't listen to cussing. I don't listen to violence. Like I, if I go over go to my grandma's house and she has the news on, like she knows now turn it off. Cause I just, I'm, I can't, and she said, that's so rude. Like, but I'm like, I can't even listen to it. Like turn it off, you know, like <laughs> grandma, grandma Coco, right? Grandma Coco. I love grandma. I was See, at her house I, last night. Grandma Coco. Oh, so okay. Cute. I saw, I, I looked and I saw, I was, I was, you know, stalking your, 
thing. And I saw that you're really close with your dad and your grandmother. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome. Not, and, and most of my family are not believers and, but they've, they've accepted me, you know, and I think they've seen the change in me. I mean, and that's all There's, they're about to be there. If they're not now, they're going to be exactly. my, my, and, and, the, yeah. and I'm so glad that you brought that up because my dad got saved 12 years ago at, in his seventies. Okay. In his seventies. And, uh, my wife told me the exact day my dad was going to get saved. My wife has this huge prophetic gift. And she wow. said, she said, your dad's going to get saved. And I said, yeah, I know someday soon. She said no tomorrow. And sure enough, the next day I woke up and, uh, I went through my whole day at work and, uh, my dad was in the hospital. I think he thought he was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, he got sepsis and his father died of it m- many years prior to that. And uh, a pastor friend of mine went to the hospital and prayed with my dad. And my stepmom called me and said, Hey, um, did you send the pastor to the church, to the hospital to pray for your dad? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, you know, you've been praying for something for 30 years, 30 years. Right. And I said, yeah, way over that, probably 40. I got saved at 30, you know, in my thirties or in my at 11, I got saved at 11. But, um, so, you know, I've been pay- praying for 40 plus years for my dad. Right. Wow. And, um, he gave his heart to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that was super benefit. So I just wanted to encourage you because you know, it, that your family's watching you. Thank you. Yeah. I think, and that's what I've learned too. You said as being a Christian, I used to want to just go out and shout it and shove it down people's throat. And like, especially with like family and friends, you know, in a while, I think it's just being loving, showing them the new you, you know, and acting as much like Christ as you can. Obviously when you make a mistake, you just admit it and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you know, um, because none of us are perfect. And then it's other people that maybe you're never going to see again, where you can just say like, Hey, do you believe in afterlife? You know, and then you can do more do that. So I think God's given me wisdom now. Um, you know, as I pray for that every day is when to speak, what to say. I mean, every morning it's like, God, I'm your mouthpiece. Tell me what to say, when not to say what to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and think about that. So I, I have a really keen question that I, the Holy Spirit told okay. me to write down that I'm going to ask you. So tell me, tell me about generosity. Okay. Because I think this is huge that people hear this from you. Um, and you, you, I, I looked back and you had launched. So I'm just being led. So I looked back and you helped launch uh, grace, sober living home for men. Um, I'm assuming who came out of, you know, uh, either jail or alcoholism or, you know, want to be sober. And, um, I wrote myself a note down here to pray for that for you on a regular basis. Thank um, you. I, I need it. Yeah. And my wife and I are creating this, uh, we never work on Sundays, but this weekend we decided we're going to really, we need some, mm-hmm. we need some action in a lot of areas. We haven't had enough help. And so we're going to set up a lot of stuff this weekend. And my, my, my father, we usually spend Sunday with my father, but he's going out of town. And so, um, I really love what you stand for. So share some things about your heart through generosity and what you're doing with that. And some of the things that, that it's doing to impact the community for God and, and the, and the lives that you're changing through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the definition of generosity with a J is about um, giving to others, but not just others to yourself too. So, you know, I had to learn the hard way and I'm speaking to the choir to you that you have to learn to care for yourself before you can fully give to others. And so, um, you know, that's what really it's all about. And, you know, my journey through, um, that's my goal is to, you know, help others do what I have is overcome, you know, addiction and also reach optimal wellness, which is, you know, working on your spirit, your soul, which is your mind, your will and emotions and your body. And so, um, I helped uh, a group, uh, launched grace, sober living, and actually I was helping incubate it. And now, 
it's actually its own 501c3 um, and I'm still helping it. But yeah, we just launched the first um, sober living home here in Phoenix for men. And there's a big vision for many homes. So we need prayers, but this is the first one. Um, it's just opening. Um, so we have eight beds and I've really worked with the Lord to develop this program. And it's funny because like every day, you know, it's in my mind is like, okay, what is it? What is in it? Because we're, we're marrying kind of a 12 step program with Christ. And a lot of people are either one or the other. And um, I'm working on how do we to marry this together? Because I, the 12 steps did get me sober and it works and it helps, but also, you know, transformation comes in Christ, you know, and we need discipleship. Jesus is the way he, you know, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That's for transformation happens. But I also believe in, you know, when you're new in recovery, you know, walking through those steps and having discipline is, is very, so we're trying to figure out the right programming and all that kind of stuff right now. And, and just getting a very good model so that we can scale and launch um, many homes throughout Phoenix and Scottsdale. So um, it's super exciting. And it's like, I have, we, and I love, I'm working with a group of Christians and we're like, Holy spirit, you are the CEO. This is yours. Um, and so it's really beautiful to, to watch it unfold, you know, through prayer. And, you know, we haven't started seeing the transformation yet because it's so new. So I was like 40 page manual processes, protocols, you know, one of my gifts is administration, which it's not so much that I love it, but I'm good at it. But I can't wait to start seeing the impact and the lives transform. So we're, we're, we're very much in our infancy right now. Love it. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. So that's awesome. So tell me, Tell me about you and Joni and friends and what that yeah. means to your life and like what you're doing. Because I think, you know, I, I want to make sure that that people get to know Jennifer and her heart. I think we already found that, but um, sorry if I'm digging a little bit more into some things because no. I told you I'm I'm I get selfish when I'm on these podcasts. Like I want to know, I yeah. want to know what to pray for for the person that I'm interviewing. Thank and you. I want people to be able to see that person in depth. You know, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times you know, even for me, just healing from, from trauma, right. From, you know, and how I responded to situations is how I was exposed to them. Mm -hmm. Right. I was, I was exposed to a lot of rejection. So I was like trying to figure it out when a lot of times you don't want to figure it out. Right. So you want to dig and learn. So tell me about that, what your role is and how that's impacting the community. And I know that you're passionate about it. So I love working at Johnny and friends. So Johnny actually is a quadriplegic. So she's one of the most famous quadriplegics. She got a diving accident in 1967 and, and lost all use of her arms and legs. And she wanted to kill herself and she would have, but she couldn't. <laughs> so um, anyway, she got the gospel shared to her. She accepted Christ. She found hope. She learned to paint with her mouth and she got, recognition on the Today Show, Larry King Live, then she, Billy Graham met her and she started doing meetings with him and he helped her start this uh, nonprofit over 40 years ago. So I had known nothing about this. I've always just loved serving. So I'm in, I'm living in LA. Um, I had, I had relapsed. I, after my first year sober, so I had one relapse and, um, now I'm two years and four months sober. So the second time, so praise God, but I mean, I'm in LA. I had relapsed after a bad relationship, right? It's always a man or a woman. So if you're sober, just stay Eat, eating the apple, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm don't, hard. Don't, don't succumb to your flesh, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So I'm heartbroken. I'm in LA. I'm I'm like, okay, I want to do some acting. I didn't want to get into a big career job. I'm healing. I'm new in recovery again. I get a job. Um, someone offered me a job, this wonderful woman of God working at Viacom as a pantry attendant, right? I'd been director, traveling the world. I accepted this job for $16 an hour as a pantry attendant in, in, in Hollywood. And I was pushing the cart, filling up coffee machines. But it was this is the time that I learned I grew in the Lord so much. This was a, a couple, two to three years ago, just right? And I'm just, you know, listening to a podcast on God, to the word. I love Joyce Meyer at the time. She's like my fave. And um, that book, Battlefield of the Mind, just was awesome. So, and then, you know, so I just really grew in the Lord at that time. And then I just felt like after a year, the Lord said, okay, it's time to go. And I wanted to be in Christian ministry. I'm so new though in the Lord. And so I just found, I looked it on Indeed and I found it online. I had no idea. So God brought me into this uh, organization two weeks before COVID hit. He's so good. He he had me on the vine because if I would have been without a job during COVID, even if I would have got unemployment, like my mental health, it would have been bad, right? So, and then they laid off actually 30% of employees just to make sure they could stay afloat at the time. And for some reason I got kept, I don't know. So anyway, I got in because I had worked in global programs and then God called me home to Arizona um, and So now I'm working in ministry relations. I love it. So what I get to do is I meet with ministry leaders all around Phoenix um, and, you know, other areas and really help them better serve people with disabilities. So there's one in seven people um, in the world and in the U.S. that have a disability. And many of these people aren't in the church because they've either been like asked to leave back in the day because people didn't know how to handle them or didn't they look different or they're just you know, they're, they're hopeless, they're unchurched. So what I, we go in and we help churches and God's just working beautifully for this. Like yesterday, I just had an awesome church meeting where you go and you don't know what to expect. And they're like, we have a need, like we have kids with autism. We're not sure how to handle this. And I'm like, we have experts. We're going to come in. I'm going to go to their Sunday service. I'm bringing an expert with me. We're going to observe and we're going to help them figure out a plan, you know? So, um, and then, you know, some churches want to go in and, you know, start, I just helped a church last weekend launch a disability ministry, you know? So it's super exciting that, and I'm working with from Baptist to Pentecostals to even Catholic church and being able to work with all these different kinds. So it's just so cool to see how God working through me in this. Awesome. It's awesome. You're just such an inspiration. So, Let's let's finish with this, and then you can tell people how they can connect with you and learn more about you. I I know that you're. Um, I have your website pulled up, jenniferevans.com. I really love that. I love that you know you're a speaker, you're a teacher. Um, send us away with something that God has put on your heart recently. And I know I'm always. I told you I always put people on the spot, so it's it's it's. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're okay with it. But may send us some talk about something that maybe. Like I said, God has put on your heart that can inspire and encourage that's really been a passion and a, um, a dream for you that you can, that somebody can tangibly take that and implement it in their life and they can see the fruit from it. Cause I know that you're really big about that. I know you're really, really big about serving. When I look at you, you know, even when you said Romans 12, 12, right? Like don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, right? Transformation comes from action. So maybe some people can learn something from you today that's in that's deep inside your heart because mm-hmm. out of the heart the mouth proceeds, right? 
something mm-hmm. that people can take away today that might encourage them and change their life the way the way mm-hmm. God changed your life. So mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Thank you. I think um, going through the hard time financially was such the time where I got to learn is God is like Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. And so um, at that time, I wasn't even making enough to pay my bills, right? And I just had to pray and trust in the Lord that like in every month he met a need you know, and for some, by the grace of God. And I started tithing at that time, you know, and it was really, really hard when I'm like looking at my budget, like I'm not even making enough to pay the bills. How can I justify giving 10%? But that's the only thing in the Bible says, test me on, right? The only one, you know, and I used to go from, I started doing it going, Oh, you know, it was like hard to like, now I can do it. And I'm like, I get to give God the first part of my paycheck, you know, and he's like the greatest feeling in the world. It increased me and increased me, you know, and now like I'm getting out of debt right now because I made some bad decisions, you know, or um, like I just see his blessing upon blessing, you know, not only in it's with not only financially, but with, you know, the fruit, you know, the fruits of the spirit, peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, which is, you know, <laughs> we could go into a whole different conversation. Yeah, about I food. need that one. You can send <laughs> that one over my way on me now. So I think we have that in common, but yeah, just really um, the tithing to really um, trusting God with your money. Like everything is his, but if you're not fully doing that. I just encourage people to do that because I've seen the blessing in my life from that. And now I just, you know, I'm like doing more like, all right, God, let's see what you're, you know, and, and he does, and I'm able to give more from that. And that's really my motivation for making money is so I can give back and and help people and build the kingdom. So that's so good. I, I love it. Like, even like I watch the checks that we write. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about the only check we write. Is the th- I mean, you can go and pay it online if you want, but I kind of like writing checks. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep these checks for the rest of my life. Right. So I love writing these checks and I love it. Like I love seeing us write a thousand dollar check because mm-hmm. we made $10,000 that month or $2,000 because we made $20,000 that month. Mm-hmm. And then maybe writing another thousand dollar checks for Bible sticks for the Wounded Warriors program to yeah. challenge other people to give. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just just being able to do that. And I've in- we've increased that over the years to give more because um, let's be realistic. It's all God's anyway, right? Yeah. Like what we've had, he's entrusted us and we don't really, you know, I think you, 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 you've been through it all. You've been through religion. You've been through nothing. <laughs> you've been through faith. You've been through seeing things through the eyes of other people that God surrounded you with. And so um, I just wanted to say you're a perfect timing for me today. Uh, of some things that um, I've recently not handled well. And um, I can't go back. I can only move forward today. One of my, my, like I said, my friend was saying me today, it's, it's the Bible says pressing forward, right? Mm -hmm. On towards the mark of our calling. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to say thank you publicly Mm -hmm. for, you know, I remember back when I heard you speak on clubhouse and I was like, wow, I, 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 I see a person who has a heart for God, but has a heart for people. And I think, you know, um, not everybody's going to like us. Not everybody's going to understand us. Not everybody's going to understand or see, you know, it's funny. My wife said this to me. She said, do you know that you had close to a thousand messages on your birthday last week? And I said, yeah. She said, but you know what you did? You focused on your negative situation more than you focused on the positive situation. Mm -hmm. You focused on this over here that was happening 
and you gravitated towards it and you probably made it worse, <laughs> right? Instead of focusing on the positive of all the lives that you changed. She said, I'd be happy if I got a hundred people to message me on my birthday. Yeah. You had hundreds and close to a thousand, right? She said, why don't you focus on that moving forward? And back to, like I said, like women are smarter than we are. You know, they, they know what to say, right? When to say it. Right. And, uh, you, you surround your, I caught, you said the reason you talked about wisdom, you know, the Bible says the reason we lack wisdom is because we don't ask for it. Right. Like that's what we need to do. Right. And so, uh, thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for your heart. Uh, so tell us, you know, how people can connect with you and get to know more about you and support you and some of the things that you're doing. Cause I know I'm going to, um, I'm glad that God put you in my life. Um, at a present time. And, and, you know, however I can serve you is, is, is awesome, but I just want people to, to know how they can connect with you. So tell yeah, us. How thank they- you. Well, you've changed me today too. And I'm just, I love being connected to good godly people. And it sounds like you have an amazing wife and I probably like her better than you. So maybe I can meet it's her. All right, you can meet her. She's, she's cool. She's cool. She's cool. She's cool. Um, so yeah, uh, Jennifer Evans.com and, um, on social it's at generosity with a J Jen J E N. Um, yeah. So I'm just, if, you know, I'm always open if, if people need advice, prayer, you know, I, I'd love to, I'm going to be praying for you too. And please, uh, you know, just how yeah. can they get your book? Um, uh, through the website. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Jennifer Evans.com. You heard it here. Jennifer Evans.com. Okay. So, Uh, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. And I say this all the time on our podcast, you know, the the only way people get to listen to this is if you download it and you share it. Mm -hmm. I always say, I don't care if one person or 10 or a hundred or 500 or a thousand listen. Um, it's that one person that gets changed. I've already been changed. So this was worth it. Just getting to know you Mm -hmm. and, and, and feeling like I've left here different than when I, I came in. And I think that, you know, I've done over 75, close to 80 podcasts now for my own podcast and probably another 20 or 30 up front other people's podcasts, but just the impact that they make. And so if you're listening, go do that, download it, give us a five-star review, share it with other people. And I say this always when we, when, when you hear me speak about our podcast, your, your, your goals in life is be to be love God. Mm -hmm love people and live with passion, vision, and purpose, passion, vision, and purpose. Because when you realize your identity, mm-hmm. you will see that passion and that vision and that purpose. And so thank you guys. Thank all of you who are listening today. Thanks for listening to another session of the Heat podcast. God bless you until the next time. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Heat Fluence podcast. We hope you enjoyed Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.